Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Sean Pendergast is out today. Sean Bajani is filling in for him during the break. Sean and I were talking about his brother, uh, A.K. Bajani, who's, instead of writing about basketball, he's working in the medical profession. What's wrong with him? (laughs) (laughs) I've been trying to get in his ear for years, and he won't listen to me. It's all, you know what, man? Uh, Look, it's not so glorious being in the medical profession anymore. They're getting it from all sides all the time. (laughs) Tell him to come back to the the easy life and sports writing. Well, you know, he dabbles in it still, and he was fortunate enough to literally do both for about six years when he was writing for The Athletic. And, um, he was writing for the athletic while he was in school. Was he doing it while he was working? Also, yes. Oh wow! He was in school and he was working two jobs and he was writing the athletic, never missing a rocket practice, a shoot around, or a game. I don't really? know. How, I don't know how he did it. <laughs> Is he one of these freaks that only needs a few hours of sleep a night? Oh, dude, you don't even know. I, you know, he's what twenty two, twenty three years old now, and probably for as long as I can remember, as a kid, like a fourth grader, he would not go to bed. He'd be staying up studying, doing homework until like three o'clock in the morning and then be up at like five thirty, ready to go to school again. Really? Yeah. And not like moody or tired or anything? I don't know about the whole moody thing. <laughs> but, <laughs> well was he moody because he's just smarter than everybody? I didn't, or was he I didn't live with him. You know, my parents are divorced and stuff, so yeah. like you know, he was you have to ask my dad about that, but uh thank God I didn't have to deal with, you know, two moody brothers because both of them never slept. And they're yeah. both literally the same. One you know, the oldest one's going to be a freaking doctor one day, and yeah. the youngest one is uh, a computer software engineer guru and uh, in Was- at Washington U uh, right now in St. Louis. So um, yeah, I don't know. I piss- I'm pissed off at my dad because I'm like, what, what the hell? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, like, were you drinking the night before? What happened? What's where was it? this yeah. diligence, you know, to like create smart, you know, productive children whenever yeah. I, you know, you're first born. It's like, what was I, the guinea pig? And like, oh. you screwed me up so you had two more? You're <laughs> <laughs> you were like whoever Todd Marinovich's older brother was. You know, was like you know what Todd Marinovich's older brother's probably happy. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really thought for the longest my dad hated me because you know I, I've been in sports like my entire life, and this would be my seventeenth year in sports yeah. radio. And when my brother 
got his credential for the first time to go cover Rocket Games, yeah. I thought like, oh, he hates me, you know, because like I'm screwing his career up. He's not going to go to a good college. He's going to just be in <laughs> sports and make no money. <laughs> and he got to do both. Yeah, that's why like you're a kid growing up and you're like, how come you never come to my academic decathlon meets? And your dad's like, those are remedial classes you're in, son. Those are, that's not. <laughs> right. Because AK's at the, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, like you're going to fourth grade spelling bees, but not once have you come to my remotes, damn it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we led into this about Kyler Murray, a man who was precocious in his own right for just a wee lad uh, going, getting drafted both into and taking money from the A's and then also uh, getting drafted number one overall by the Cardinals. Uh, Calvin Beecham, uh, a man who's from Mahia, Texas, by the way, uh, has been an offensive tackle for the Cardinals for the last three years. It sounds like he is on his way out. The Cardinals are in cost-cutting mode right now. They made a couple cap cuts, and it sounds like Kelvin Beecham is totally on his way out. So he stopped in uh, to Burns and Gambo, who I, I can't tell if this is a – on their YouTube, it just looks like it's a website, Arizona Sports. Look them up on YouTube. These guys, I liked these guys. I actually watched another couple of their segments. But listen to them in this discussion they're having with Kelvin Beecham about Kyler Murray and what he needs to do moving forward. There's a lot of criticism of Kyler. Mm-hmm. What does he have to do, in your opinion, to be great? Grow up. Give me an example. Be a man and grow up. Like, it's not – it's not complicated. You got to be a leader of men. Period. And he's not right now. He's maturing, but he's not there yet. He's not there. It's not, it's not, there a, it's not a completed process. It's not, it's not a completed process. Be it's, a leader of men. He's got all the tools. You he think he has all the tools, man? If some guy can throw off one leg, he can, you know, throw it a mile. He can run faster than anybody else on the field. He just lacks the leadership. He's put together. I didn't say he lacks the leadership. I just think he needs to grow up a little bit. They paid him for a reason. They paid him because of his talent, and he has the ability to lead. Is just when you're in that position. We need you to lead more. Like, you're the face of the franchise. You got to lead more. You got to lead in every single capacity of leadership. Dude, so honestly, it, that was a, the odd little part in the middle there was when he corrects the guys by saying, I didn't say he couldn't lead. He just needs to grow up. Like, man, grow up sounds way worse. <laughs> like, I would, much rather, I would much rather have somebody say, like, I'm not a great leader. But, yeah, he's mature. Like, the, the fact that he – said multiple times he needs to grow up. This, unfortunately, for Kyler Murray, or maybe ultimately, fortunately, if it's some, like one part of a kick in the rump that he needs, it like feeds into all of the stories about you know, why he needed to have a clause in his contract to study film for four extra mm-hmm. hours a day. Um, the, the correlation between his poor play and the release of various video games. All these other things, um, which is I'm pretty sure is still a <laughs> yeah. joke. But I, I think it... It does paint a picture of, you know, exactly how careful you have to be about what kind of a guy you're drafting when you take somebody number one overall, or in the Texans' case, likely number two overall. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting interview. And, you know, you're always left kind of wanting more. I wanted them to get a little bit deeper into the weeds. I mean, I don't feel like I was asking too much, but, like, I wanted to know, like, maybe some guys or some situations, some things that maybe contributed to, like, the slow growth process for Kyler Murray like why he's not the leader that you want him to be that the team needs him to be at this point in time so I would have liked to have heard more in that regard because we're still kind of left to our own devices trying to figure out exactly why and really the most concerning thing for me in that interview was his initial response was Beecham's initial response because it's one thing to say grow up 
and there's a pregnant pause there, and you're not going to say anything else until you're prompted otherwise. (laughs) It's another thing to say, grow up, and then offer reasons why. Like, because it is a process. Like, it was almost like Beecham was covering his ass and covering Kyler's ass a little bit because he didn't qualify anything until he was prompted. You know, like, he very well could have gone on and said, grow up, but you know what? It's a process, and he is doing that a little bit. No, he left yeah, it blank. He left it grow up. That's my statement on it. Let's talk about Kevin Durant's injury. Yeah, you know, like he could have. Exactly. There's something else Phoenix, which, by the way, they did. They they had that exchange right there, and I kind of went, because I had read the quote, and I wanted to see if there was more, and they they moved on pretty quickly from that part of it, and I don't know if they sensed something from Beecham where maybe Beecham started to realize, like, okay, uh, that's enough. I've gone too far. Kyler Murray, <laughs> yeah. Like, I've told him to grow up like six times here <laughs> um uh, yeah and i guess there's the other part of it too is i do think and this is something that tom coughlin had told me once in a conversation when i was really young i was just kind of talking to him about the nfl in general and it, and it took me by surprise at first but i've always kept it in mind is he said that you know you in talking about leadership with a quarterback it's trickier than you think because it's not it's you shouldn't expect your quarterback to be the everyday vocal leader of the entire team mm-hmm. because they've already got so much on their plate technically, you know, that they have to do just to play the quarterback position. So leadership sometimes takes different forms, you know, leader of the offense, certainly. Uh, but, and, and I think Calvin Beecham, obviously, like yesterday, John and I were talking about how Kyler Murray would get sacked or get pressure, and he's, like, giving dirty looks to the offensive lineman. Like, that's not – quarterbacks – look at the good quarterbacks, you know, other than Tom Brady <laughs> as he started to lose it this last year. Um, there's a certain relationship they have with their offensive line yeah. that you got to be careful, especially when you're a younger quarterback. It, at times, uh, you just end up looking like a brat. If you're blaming your offensive line, and especially your offensive line sometimes is getting blamed for stuff that's not their fault, mm-hmm. that's, that's something that offensive linemen – take very personally if you're going to get if you're going to start chewing guys out on television for something that's actually the quarterback's fault that's uh you don't get you don't win many popularity contests that way and I think that's something that like uh, like you have to you don't have to be the world's best leader you don't have to be Winston Churchill in the locker room or anything but you do have to conduct yourself a certain way and you know act in such a way that your teammates respect you. And it, and it feels like Kyler Murray just isn't there. Yeah. The, the difference is, if we're talking about Kyler Murray, okay, he's the shortest quarterback ever drafted in the first round. Bryce Young's probably going to join him as a five foot ten and one-eighth quarterback drafted in the first round. And people are nervous about his height, and understandably so. I think you got to, at the very least, look at the leadership or slash maturity issues that are holding Kyler Murray back potentially, and then listen to like what Greg McElroy here says about Bryce Young. What he does really well is he senses pressure, he understands where his answers are within the offense, and he gets the ball in his hands. And I think his understanding, too, of pressures just shows me just how mature he is. He studies it, he anticipates it, and so many guys, especially earlier in their college career, they're going to try to beat pressure and blitzes and unblock defenders with their athleticism. He doesn't do that. He beats them with their with his intellect. And Andre, to me, that shows a mature player that has a great understanding of where his weaknesses are within the protection and where his answers are within the route tree. 
And um, and DeAndre, he mentions is Andre Ware. We'll play his take in a little bit. I was excited to see Andre Ware because I just I googled uh, I googled Bryce Young maturity and Greg McElroy popped up, but he's on ESPN in a conversation with Andre Ware. I think that that's one of the biggest things that sticks out for me between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And I, I think most of my listeners know at this point I'm terrified of Bryce Young's size, and yet I just can't ignore how much better Bryce Young looks as a football player than C.J. Stroud in my mind. And one of those things is that pocket yeah. awareness. Like, he has that that sixth sense almost. And it's it's a kind of an insult to call it a sixth sense because, as McElroy was explaining there, a lot of that just comes from study and understanding your protection. Understanding, and you know, Sean, like, understanding the protection is so vital to a quarterback because then you know where you're unprotected. So instead of – and then if you trust your offensive line – you know, you might get blindsided when they get beat every now and then, but you don't get blindsided by the guy who's going to be unblocked mm-hmm. by the scheme. Yes. Too many times with young quarterbacks, you see them get you see them get blindsided by the one guy that the quarterback is actually responsible for um, in that protection. And I, I don't think you're going to have to worry about that with Bryce Young as a young player. No, and it's going to help him as an architect, so to speak. And I'm talking about Bryce Young when he does get to the next level because he understands – Uh, the protections, the blocking schemes, when he needs to make changes at the line, when he needs to call out protections, when he sees a blitz coming, or when he thinks, you know, they might stunt here, there, wherever, and that guy needs to be blocked, he's the architect of that offensive line, and he's saying, like, hey, you know, boom, you know, we need to make this call here, this call here, this call here, and he's done it before in his sleep. He's done it in the film room. He's done it on the practice field. What I'm most encouraged by is this is not the first time that you've heard this about Bryce Young. It was an excellent analysis by Greg McElroy, but this is something that for months people have been talking about in regards to Bryce Young, his ability to feel and anticipate the pressure in the pocket. I mean, you yeah. see the highlights and stuff like that, and you know, it's like one little subtle move. Well, it's one little subtle move for Bryce Young because he's seen it before already on film he's seen it and played this through in his mind he knows exactly where the pressure's coming from you know that's funny as, as you say that it's uh it just reminds me of one of the worst moments of my career it was when we were playing the green bay packers on prime time and i i beat the guard on a pass rush as clean as i've ever beat a guy on a pass rush before and i had brett Favre right in front of me like there for the taking and then I was, I was done in by the Brett Favre mystique. It was like lights shone down from the unopened roof of NRG Stadium. And he like as if from heaven. And he was right there. And in your mind, you're like, Favre, you know, you know how good he is at, at pocket maneuvering. Yeah. You know, not running or scrambling, but just those little – but he also has a really quick release. So like, Marino was the same way. You know he's got a quick release except he wasn't mobile at all. Um, so you got to get there fast. And, like, Favre did that to me. He did, like, the little half step just to one side and then lasered one 15 yards down to the sideline on the left side of the field and, and converted the third down. Um, like, it's that, it's that pocket mobility that's more impressive than scrambling because that that's being able to do the three things at once. Like, you know, keep your eyes downfield, but also out of your peripheral, notice a guy versus some guys right now, like Anthony Richardson's at that stage where, okay, part of it is that, yeah, he'll keep his eyes downfield or he's staying upright in the pocket, but because he's just a physical beast of a human being that he doesn't necessarily sense it yet. He's just 
not not getting taken down by college kids. He has the want to, but he doesn't have the level of polish that yeah. Bryce Young does. I want to know what you think about this um, in regards to the leadership abilities uh, of Bryce Young. I, I think from everything that we've seen, everything that we've heard, we feel pretty good about his ability to come in to a team and be that natural leader because of what we think we know about his work ethic and study habits and so on and so forth. But I thought about it in relation to what we were discussing with Kyler Murray in that it it kind of comes down to right time, right place, right situation in regards to a quarterback specifically with a lot of things. Not yeah. just like, you know, being able to play well, but what about being able to lead? Because when Murray joined the Cardinals, I mean, you think about it since 2019, he's had all kinds of natural, you know, uh, built-in leaders on that team already. Being a young guy, I wonder if there's an intimidation factor when you're in the same locker room with a guy like DeAndre Hopkins or J.J. Watt or even Patrick Peterson at one point when they're the voice already and then yeah. you have to step step in and take that role. Bryce Young's not going to be doing that, you know, potentially, you know, for a Houston Texans team that doesn't have those loud, boisterous, respected, you know, so to speak, you know, voices like that. It'd be a little bit easier situation for Bryce to step in. Is that yeah. how you would characterize that? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I, and I think, too, that's where the coaching side of it does come into it. And that's where I think Cliff Kingsbury could have been better. I, I'm not going to blame Cliff Kingsbury for any potential personality deficiencies of Kyler Murray. But I also don't think that Cliff Kingsbury was the ideal guy to mentor him through that. I think there are other coaches that might have done a better job. I think that D'Amico Ryans is that kind of coach. And some are, like, you don't have to be, but, but you know, as an NFL head coach, but I think that D'Amico is that type of guy. And Bryce Young wouldn't need as much tutelage, but just as a young head coach needs some kind of mentor there to give him some advice on some of the sticky stuff, I think a, a young quarterback needs some mentorship on how to handle all that. Mm-hmm. It's funny because Eli Manning, was not a guy that was thought of as being a good leader at all. The Giants worked on it with him. They brought in this company called Afterburner, which is a bunch of uh, special ops and fighter pilots, uh, former special ops and fighter pilots guys, wow. that basically work with companies on developing. They, they use the mission planning of elite military units and fighter pilots and kind of apply it to business or sports settings. But a lot of that is also in developing leadership and um, kind of giving you a framework for leadership in your organization. And, and you know what the military does to teach guys how to be leaders? They actually let them lead things. You know, In football, a lot of times you talk about like, well, we need this guy to be a better leader. And like, okay, well, what's that mean? I don't know, like give a pep talk or something? Like, no. <laughs> like, if you want somebody to lead, you got to actually let them lead something. So with the Giants, they would have Eli Manning lead the post-practice meetings and actually genuinely lead, you know, mm-hmm. and, and make suggestions and criticize and do all that other stuff. So um, That's there is – there, Yeah, there is a science to it. Uh, coming up next, Brooks Cabina – beat writer for the Houston Chronicle, who was at the Combine last week. I'm very uh, excited to hear about the prospects that he saw last week. We've got Brooks Cabina coming up next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast sports radio 610 presents pain and pendergast okay so sean pendergast is in new york city i'm giving everybody the rundown here here's where we are logistically Sean Pendergast is in New York City with his lovely bride, Amy, as he prepares to go to John Lopez's son's wedding tomorrow night. I'll be headed there as well, but I didn't choose to participate in um, all the fun stuff today. So uh, we have Sean Bajani in studio, and he's doing a bang-up job. He's also, after here, he's going to go coach little kids. Uh, then he's going to go feed the poor and then do something else. <laughs> and then we've got Brooks Cabina, who on Twitter is still known as DG Diagaku because he was hacked and he can't change the username back. Yeah. Uh, Brooks, Brooks, a.k.a. DG Diagaku, was at the Combine in Indianapolis last week. Uh, tell me everything that you saw, learned, and, and know from it. Oh, everything. Okay. Well, first, just the Texans clearly need a quarterback. Um, and I had no idea until yeah, you went to the Combine. Exactly. Uh, you, no, one, no one knew that until I started tweeting about people from the podium. Um, <laughs> yeah. But... I mean, the two players that everybody's taking a look at, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, they're going to have pro days later this month. Um, my takeaways from them, um, they're just, they hold themselves well. Uh, Bryce Young coming in over at 200 pounds. We'll see if that actually ends up being his playing weight, which would probably be probably in the lower 190s. But that was the big question for Bryce was what's his frame? How does he handle questions about his frame? And I thought the takeaway from him was just like, you know, he welcomed all the criticism, seemed like he was very composed. Um, Seth, you were talking about leadership going into the break yeah. there, and Bryce seemed resembled someone who can handle pressure, who could talk about things, who could reach out to people about complex things. Um, there was definitely that presence from him about things under pressure. Um, we've seen on tape both from those quarterbacks what they can do. Uh, C.J. Stroud took the podium, and he was very, um, I wouldn't say brash, but very confident coming in and saying like, 
It was almost like he was upset that he was going second on the podium after Bryce Young, and he's like, I, oh. I am unquestionably, you know, the the first, you know, the best. I'm the best player in college football the last couple of years. In like he was, yeah, like, I heard that. You know, yeah. And he was saying he that, could have won the Heisman Trophy if he hadn't lost a couple of games both years. So uh, he, he was. I very felt like that was a shoe that didn't fit him, Brooks. How did that strike you? When I'm watching on video, it almost felt like forced. Uh, it was like when um, it was like when George H. W. Bush uh, was coached up to like go after. I can't remember who the guy interviewing him was, but it was like the moment where he he showed that he wasn't a wimp. Um, yeah. Like I felt like it was a coached moment. That it, it doesn't seem like C.J. Stroud is actually that guy. See, it's like you sit down and you have your agent, you have your group, you have your camp, and they're you're they're, you're just practicing for this anyway. And they're like, okay, well, you know what you need to do? You need to project strength. You need to go up there and say like you're the best because hey, you know. Number one, number two, you're you're projected for a lot of people to be behind Bryce Young. So, in some ways, I, I, it, it does make sense. It might be that behind the scenes, the conversation was, well, you need to, um, you know, project that. And um, it's, I don't know, it, it, I don't, I don't think he necessarily had to do that, but it was, um, I don't know, fitting in some ways towards what the situation was. So, in the same way that Bryce yeah. Young was saying, okay, you know, let me answer questions about my size. C.J. Stroud's going to have to answer questions about – he knew going in that he was going to answer questions about, all right, well, it's you and Bryce Young. Like, what do you think? And it kind of cuts that off at the head if he's going out there and saying that he's already, you know, considers himself the best. But his passing is unquestioned. I've talked to a lot of people up at the Combine, and his accuracy is is, is beloved by a lot of people. Um, and it's interesting having talked – to Bobby Slowick earlier this week, Texans offensive coordinator, like accuracy keeps coming up. Um, oh, that, yeah. that seems to be, I mean, what offensive coordinator doesn't like accuracy? I prefer mm-hmm. someone who throws the ball over the field, <laughs> sprays it into the sideline. But um, he, he, his his touch passes, his ability to throw definitely sets him apart in some ways from Bryce Young, And um, although both are really great. But there are certainly other positions there, but those those quarterbacks were definitely a big takeaway. Um. <laughs> Go ahead, Chuck. I was just going to say, I feel like you're always analyzing, you know, when you're at a place like the Combine. I mean, that's part of the job as well. You're trying to kind of decipher the character, the personality of these individuals, like amongst like these major four guys, you know, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Who did you feel like impressed you the most as far as like being the most genuine, comfortable, um, you know, player there in that setting? Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Um, he, he came into needing to ask, I mean, just people discovering him one, like he really only played a full season. So not only did people want to see what he did uh, on the field and the combine and working out, but mm-hmm. also just, I've never heard his voice, you know, like, and that's, you know, you could Google that and YouTube it and listen to other, like, you know, go on to Florida's media website and listen to interviews and stuff. But yeah. like you've seen Bryce Young and CJ Stroud out in front so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just demonstrated a lot of personality demonstrated that he could be comfortable in front of a lot of questions and shoot, man, whenever he went out on the field, he looked like amazing. Yeah, I mean, he did. I mean, he, he ran what was a four, four yep. ran a four, four at his size and then had the highest vertical leap out of any quarterback ever. Yeah. And then his, his deep balls were, were great. And, uh, the, the big thing that he did say that I still think is, um, maybe something he's going to be working on is that, you know, he was talking about how fast, how hard he was throwing the ball, and that if he took a little off, his accuracy wanes. So that's going to be a question for people as he continues to do his pro day, 
um, different visits and stuff like that. So, but he did, I think out of that four, I walked away thinking, oh, okay. Um, that guy was more interesting than I thought. So, um, and I'm not alone in that. I mean, I think everybody's pretty much putting him up in the top 10 now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in my mock draft, I, uh, thought the Colts might be even more uh, impressed, and you know you never know what they can they can do, and maybe uh, maybe they trade up, and who who knows after after all this might be number one. Brooks, the uh, the Texans, as you've got a story in the Chronicle about this this morning as well. Uh, the Texans lose a fifth round yeah. pick as the league fines them for a salary cap violation uh, in getting Deshaun that Houstonian membership during during COVID. I got to tell you. When I first saw the headlines and had heard about this story, my, I kind of cringed at first because I thought it was going to be something along the lines of, well, the Texans for enabling Deshaun Watson and his alleged activities um, are guilty, so we're taking him a fifth from him. The fact that it's a salary cap violation, I actually breathed a sigh of relief for that. I'm like, okay, I'll take, I'll take a slap on the wrist for that. Right. Well, yeah, this, I mean, Tony Busby, the attorney that represented the women um, that sued Deshaun Watson, he was drawing this in his lawsuit against the Texans last year was that the Texans enabled him. And part of that case was that the Texans set him up at rooms in at the Houstonian where a few of the women in their lawsuits said that this took their, the sexual misconduct took place. So that had already been part of what the case was. So what happened, um, you know, the NFL obviously did their investigation into Deshaun Watson and through their investigation, they found the same thing where he, he the Texans had set him up at the Houstonian and uh, paid for it, uh, around $26,000. And at first, the NFL didn't really say where that was. Later, he got it confirmed uh, that it was the Houstonian because I was like, who else charges $26,000 for you know a gym membership off-site? Yeah. But um, yeah, so this kind of ties the timeline together. Um, um, I, it did, it was a question for me that the NFL, since they are docking the Texans a fifth round pick and finding them, acknowledging that the Texans had violated a rule, whether that reopened any of the potential cases. And I reached out to Busby yesterday and that's not the case. I mean, these all got settled, um, except for one last year, but that's, that's, that's not the case. They're, they're not, they're not, this doesn't change any of the litigation. It's fantastic news at the end of the day, because I know the first thing that probably popped into a lot of people's minds when this report, you know, comes out yesterday is like, just when you think it's over with, like here it comes Deshaun Watson and the last three years rears its ugly head again. But that is great news that there is nothing else coming down the pipe. This whole thing is over with. And maybe the, you know, everybody Texans, Texans fans can kind of, you know, put their head down and just really move forward this time. I'm curious. Well, I know you were at the um, uh, press conference the other day. Early impressions of the Texans coordinators, Bobby Slowick and Matt Burke. Yeah. Um, first time to get to talk to those two guys. Um, you know, we, I say we, me and uh, my beat partner, Jonathan Alexander, had both done uh, deep features on both. Um, I thought Matt Burke was very open about his past experience. He was a defensive coordinator with the Miami Dolphins and for two years, and if you look at the statistics, they're not great. Um, and those came up with questions: uh, why, what, whether he's prepared, whether these this for the, for this kind of job. And um, he he was open about how he's like, you know what? I feel like I did too much. Like I was, um, he, he he was he was saying that he kind of expanded what he was doing schematically too much, and he realized that more 
whenever he got rehired. He, he'd worked with Jim Schwartz, who was the former Titans defensive coordinator for a long time um, and head coach later. Uh, um, and, and he, with the Lions, and he, he, he rejoined them later at, with the Eagles in 2020, and he felt like he, he got back on board, understood mm-hmm. that sometimes less is more. Um, the big takeaway there is that the Texans still haven't decided who's going to call defensive plays. There was a story earlier this week why, I mean, I talked to a, a couple of people, including a former NFL executive, about, like, is that weird? You know, like, that, that a team, because Matt Burke said it wasn't even part of the conversation in the interview process, and I always thought, well, if you're going to interview for a defensive coordinator job, it sounds like it would behoove you to ask, like, am I going to call plays? What are, are you going to do it or right. am I going to do it? Yeah. Um, and it turns out that with the people that I talked to that were even outside of the Texans, it's not all that uncommon, especially with first-year, first-time NFL head coaches who are more concerned about getting the right coaches in the building so the whole thing doesn't fall down in a year or two. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, Matt Burke, just because of like the problems that he had at the Dolphins, is in a position where he's he needs to come back and work in an environment where there's more collaboration than he can't really come in and say, I need to call defensive plays. Like It's it's something that works out for the both of them. And I mean, they also had a tight timeline there. Uh, they only announced their full staff a couple of weeks ago, which means they only had a couple of weeks before free agency, which starts next week. And mm-hmm. Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans last week acknowledged that they didn't go to the combine because they were still figuring out schematics and matching up free agents to that. So, um, I mean, the interesting thing about the play calling situation is that you know, D'Amico Ryans, and when I was at the combine talking to a lot of people that are there, you know, tons of football people, um, most of them were saying, well, you know, his greatest strength is his leadership. And if he's calling plays, that's going to take a lot of attention. And, he, and a lot of people are like, I want him in every meeting. I want him in every room. If I had him on my team, if I had him on this or that, like, yeah. I want him around. I want his energy infused to every part of the team. And if he's calling defensive plays, that's, that's going to be limited in some ways. But like, you know, there are head coaches that call plays. Um, I know Lovey Smith just did. And I know that was a one and done situation, but you have, you know, Andy Reid is an offensive play caller. There were others that do this. So, um, it's a it's D'Amico Ryan's is trying to figure out what best works for him, and that wasn't the first thing on the list that he needed to check off. He needed to build a staff. So that's a lot on on Matt Burke and the defensive side. But uh, from Bobby Slowick, didn't really give much away about what schematics he wants to use offensively mm-hmm. or what he's yeah. looking for in a quarterback. But he did say when I asked him about Jimmy Garoppolo because. You know, the coaching with the 49ers makes sense if they're trying to add more to the quarterback room. He said he's part of that process. So they acknowledged he's at least on the radar. And I think even intuition would have told you that. So yeah. we'll see more about them and what they see in the offense. And I think more of those questions about scheme and what they'll do, I think maybe he's honestly in a place where he can't exactly answer that because they haven't signed the people that would dictate what they would do. So that was my takeaway from Slowick. Brooks Cabina, you can read him on the Chronicle. Uh, he's always a treasure, and I'm glad to see you got back from the state of Indiana without any fleas or ticks. So it's just a <laughs> cesspool of a state there. Uh, Sean Pendergast <laughs> is gone, but we still will do our mock draft injection. Today, the Texans do not draft number two overall. That's right, a trade coming up next. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right. Thanks to Brooks Cabina. Today, Sean Bajani is in for Sean Pendergast. Sean Pendergast is in New York City. He's going to be going to John Lopez's son's wedding tomorrow, as am I, barring any weather issues. Um, we do a mock draft injection every day, Sean, uh-huh. uh, leading up to the draft. It's, uh, it's been, it's been, uh, there, were, there have been years on this station where we barely talked about the draft leading up to it, either because the Texans didn't have a draft pick at all or it was later in the first round, and people just lose interest. Uh, you know, a lot of people lose interest if it's not big, big names. This year, it's been more interesting almost because there isn't a slam dunk A number one prospect at quarterback. The fact that there's healthy discussion about it, Makes it like I'm genuinely fascinated by it this year, and like more nervous about it than I've ever been. And uh, it's uh, it's I, I don't know if I can take much more of it. Luckily, the draft come, will come here to, in, in May, and, and we'll be done with it. Are you guys keeping tabs on all of these draft injections? Like that's that's what I'm interested in because yeah, I I already I don't know how much more we could do. Like I feel like we've explored yeah. every possible scenario <laughs> and you know I'm looking at this latest draft injection and I'm like, huh, you know not- what? That doesn't sound too bad. Like this is like the best one that I've seen. Like that I, okay. it, it almost feels like Justin Verlander leaving like the band-aid approach. Like I didn't even feel that. No pain because I love the rest of the staff. It's like this trade, it's like that doesn't really smart that much. In this in this mock draft uh, this is the first time I think we've done one where the Texans have traded from second up to one. They used <laughs> Chicago you, received the number two overall pick, the number 66 overall pick, pick, and a 2024 first rounder from next year. They don't say whether it's the Texans pick uh, or the Browns pick next year, but they give up basically uh, a, a first rounder next year and a third rounder this year. Um, 
they take Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. So this is one that I think right now I would say consensus amongst Texans fans is that, all right, we're not 100% head over heels in love. Or I guess maybe this is my consensus. Um, I'm not 100% head over heels in love with Bryce Young just because I am nervous about his size. I do think he is the favorite. But I don't. I just can't handle the psychological stress of giving up hard-earned assets uh, to recoup what you lost with one should have been an interception at the very end of last season. I yeah, just don't want to. Yeah. I'm not in love with Bryce Young enough to admit defeat and the Texans losing that game instead of or winning that game instead of losing it at the end of the year. I, don't kill yourself over. I mean, there's nothing you could do about it. Yeah, I know. And I, I'm with you. We were all just in absolute utter disbelief when that happened. Like, I'll I'll never forget that. But um, I like this because they're getting that guy. Bryce yeah. Young. And I know your concerns. I've heard you talk about it. I mean, there, there's not one invalid point you could make in regards to it because it's the first time in history that a guy that looks like this, that is this tall, this weight, this frame, you know, is going to be drafted at this position in the NFL. I, yeah. I get all of that. But I'm telling you, and I know I'm not going to change your mind. You've heard it all before. I'm telling you, like, I don't care about his size. Because of the position that the Texans are in right now, if they believe Bryce Young is the best quarterback, then you have to do whatever it takes to get that guy. Don't care what his size is, because he could be the first ever to do what he's going to do in the NFL at his size. You don't know. There's a first time for everything. Yeah, that's the and and because you do have to recognize that it is different now. Like he's the he's the first guy to be drafted at this height and weight ever potentially in the in the first round at least. Yeah. Um and yet the NFL has never been this soft on quarterbacks. Like there's never been a time in the NFL where quarterbacks are so protected. So does that ultimately tip the scales in favor of basically, I, I guess, not having to tip the scales at quarterback? Um, it, it's I, perhaps, and you're right. You just don't know, and it's a complete crapshoot at quarterback anyway with any of these top picks. I think that the the fact that teams have embraced the uncertainty of it allows guys to just flat out say, "Yeah, look, we like Bryce Young as a football player. Is he too small?" We'll find out. We'll do everything we can to avoid it being an issue. But, you know, I, they probably wouldn't have done this 10 years ago or 20 years ago, certainly. I mean, when I came into the league, you were allowed to take two full steps after the ball was gone before you hit the quarterback. It was disgusting. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe they allowed some of the stuff they did. <laughs> um, so Texas take Bryce Young number one overall. I'm just – I'm hoping – this is what I really want is like for the Colts or somebody else to basically make it known that they actually love Anthony Richardson and trade aggressively up to number one to get him like and just be done with it. I, I feel like that's the organization that might have a dumb enough owner to, to let everything be known, but we'll see. Uh, at number 12, no trades. The pick is in. Wide receiver out of TCU, Quinton Johnston, six foot four, 215 pounds. We've seen this a lot. Um, especially now that Jordan Addison, the receiver out of USC, that had been almost a consensus 
top one or two wide receivers seems to be falling somewhat after a, 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 a non-extraordinary combine. But Quentin Johnson is really big, really fast, doesn't have great hands. He's not all that consistent. But I would be, I'd be excited about Quentin Johnson. I would be too. And looking at this mock draft, what's interesting, I, I wonder how Texan fans would feel if they took Quentin Johnston over uh, in Jigba who in this mock draft falls yeah. all the way to 20. I know they're two different body types. You know, uh, Quentin Johnston's, what, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, something like that. Yeah, and he's Jigba, a big dude. Yeah. And Jigba's a little bit of a smaller guy, 6'1". Six six, I, I, I think in Jigba's probably the best receiver in this draft, and so I wonder how that would be received from Texan fans. What do you think about it? Do you, do you have a favorite amongst the two, or is there somebody else I, that you like? I think that Njigma like has more polish to him than Johnston, and I actually, I think I like him more than Addison at this point mm. for a couple of reasons. One is, um, I, I don't want to compare these two because I think John Mechie is not as physically gifted as Jordan Addison, but John Mechie is undersized. Yeah. So I think that there's you've got that guy on your roster already. He's not the ideal slot. But I do think that the Texans have just emphasized physicality so much. Mm -hmm. And I think that the run after the catch ability, not just in a in a zigzag way, but just in a hey, we're gonna drag defenders over the first down markers. We're gonna we're gonna drive defenders over the goal line. I think Smith and Jigba or Johnson make more sense in that regard than Jordan Addison does. So that's um, that's what I like for those guys. You know, you hear so much about Njigba being such a precise route runner, and yeah. I immediately go back to what Bobby Slowick said the other day in his introductory press conference, precision, precision, precision. And, you know, who knows what type of quarterback they're going to end up getting in here if it is Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or you, if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, God forbid, you know, they go in that direction. Like, it's so important to have like really great guys to execute your game plan. And in Jigba just sounds like and it looks like on the film that you see that he's just that dude yeah. because he's such a polished route runner. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.